1: The Guard Patriots podcast
0: with Nick Cavins.
1: He's Greg. I'm Nick. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens. One-stop shopping for 75 high-quality vitamins to help you start your day right. And also betonline.ag, fastest, easiest way to bet on sports. And Greg, you know, earlier in the week we said, well, maybe we'll do another podcast. Maybe not this week. It'll depend on the news. And then everybody in the media got the email. And people know what email I'm talking about. The uncharacteristic email, the unusual email, the odd email from the Patriots, Um, just the gist of it, people know by now, uh, it says that the Patriots in the headline of the email says the Patriots are to extend Gerard Mayo, which was interesting inside the body of the email. They said they're looking long term with Gerard Mayo. And they also let everybody know, Greg, that they were going to start offensive coordinator. Yeah, not offensive coaches, not an offensive person. Offensive coordinator job interviews will start next week. When you first saw this email, I saw you tweet about giving it like a triple check. Mm -hmm. Just what in the world? When I saw it, I said,
0: wow, this is is not Belichick business happening right now. Yeah, I was... I was completely shocked. I I had to look at it for a good couple minutes. Like, you know, first of all, it came from Stacy James, who is uh, director of media relations for uh, the Patriots. Um, normally, you get general press releases from a generic Patriots media relations email account. So this is coming directly from Stacy. I think a lot of us in the media wondered if Stacy had been hacked. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I sort of studied it. Like you know, it was put on like Patriots like letterhead and stuff like that. And like I'm looking through to see if you know, it was some elaborate fake? Maybe somebody was trying to dupe us all in the media to be like, oh, look at those idiots; they'll fall for anything. That sort of thing. I mean, not that that hasn't happened uh, this year or anything. Um, and it was just, it was just that stunning, Nick. That you know, the Patriots of William Stephen Belichick, the guy who, you know, there can be reports that the Patriots have signed so-and-so to a contract and he's expected on the practice field later that day and Belichick will say, "Uh, we don't comment on contract negotiations. And he, that's, that's the policy of Bill Belichick that they never ever comment on contract negotiations. And here they are admitting that they're in contract negotiations with Gerard Mayo. And then to say that they are going to begin interviewing for offensive coordinator, um, that they're even telling you that they're starting the process and that they are going to name an offensive coordinator at the end of the day, after we just went through more than a year of Bill Belichick, you know, us asking questions about Bill, who's going to be the play caller, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. And he basically told us to go pound sand this same team with the same head coach is now telling you all about their business as far as what they're going to do on the offensive side. I mean, it, I almost fell over in my chair when I saw it, it is not (laughs) hyperbole to say it is completely unprecedented for the Patriots with Bill Belichick as coach to send out information like this. And so that's sort of where you start. And I think that, I think that says a lot, Nick and, you know yeah i'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more but you know there's there's uh you know people who will you know in talking to different sources around the teams and things like that trying to figure out exactly what's going on there's there's an easy way you know i was told like you know, we want to keep Gerard and, you know, he had been mentioned for other jobs and we want to make him a priority. And then like, you know, the offensive coordinator position is more about being, being in lockstep with NFL policy and other BS like that. I mean, you know, look, I'm sure that's true to some extent, and I'm glad to see them um, being more public about it. And especially uh, considering the Rooney rule and other implications, which, you know, we talked about Uh, last week about how that's a a bigger deal no one was making a big deal out of it and um, that's all great but look Nick um, the Patriots don't completely do a 180 in terms of what they're doing unless something outside of the box outside of the norm is happening and to me this is this has the fingerprints of the crafts saying basically putting bill in a box and taking a little bit of his power away and saying like bill like we let you do what you wanted to do and we didn't say anything we knew it was unconventional we let you do it you had earned that we talked about that and whatever but you blew it this year and yeah so that's done and we're going to do things the right way from now on and to get this this franchise back on track
1: couple quick things here. Number one, this was the same head coach who stood up at the podium just a day or two prior to this email doing what bill does, right? It, it was business as usual at that media presser. And you know, you left wondering, all right, does he, does he truly appreciate what happened here? And fans were asking, is, is this going to be the same old bill? And, and you were saying, Greg, for a long time, that bill, he understands that he messed up. He He understands that he did not do the right thing with the offensive staff. And, you know, publicly, though, we we never saw any inkling of that from Bill. Such a dramatic change in the approach tells you this is not Bill Belichick's doing. We've seen Bill Belichick run this football operation for a couple of decades. We've never seen anything like this, which tells you that it wasn't Bill's doing. You know, we know how Bill operates. This is anti-Bill Belichick operational, you know, modus operandi, so to speak, right? This is, this is completely different. So if this was bill, we would not have gotten that email yesterday. We would not have been told about Gerard Mayo and we would not have been told about offensive coordinator interviews next week. It's just no way that would have happened. So to me, it's obvious the crafts are involved here. Uh, I would also say that it really shines a light on how much of a locked box, Belichick has kept here in New England for two decades. You know, the the fact that this getting out, this, you know, being emailed is such a revelation. It is so unprecedented, really tells you the lengths that Belichick has gone throughout his Patriots' career to keep the information in house as much as he can, unless he wants it out there, wink wink. But it really does show you that, you know, he's 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 got this thing in a lockbox. And I would just say this, Greg, before we move to the Mayo stuff and get into the particulars, this is refreshing. And I don't necessarily need it every single off season. I don't, I don't want RKK to turn into Jerry Jones, but this was refreshing. I loved that they came out and in no uncertain terms said, this is what we're doing. This is what we want to do. We're actually going to give guys titles. I thought it was great. And I, I read, you know, I read what you wrote last night and you talked about it being a, a positive step in the right direction. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. I think this was a great thing for the Patriots to do to make sure, you know, to, to let everybody know, yeah, we know what's going on. This this was horse bleep the last year and it's not going to happen this year. So I thought that was a great step by the franchise. Let's get into a, some of the particulars now about Gerard Mayo. Again, the, the email was interesting because it says uh, on kind of the, the top headline letterhead that the Patriots are, to extend, Gerard Mayo. You read that language. To me, that means a deal is really close to being done, if not done already. And then they mentioned long-term inside the body. Greg, what's up with uh, Gerard Mayo?
0: Okay, so um, a couple things on this. Uh, first of all, Mayo and Belichick both signed off on this being put out. Um, so that should tell you something. I know there's been some school of thought that this was the Patriots trying to, uh, I don't know, sort of, sort of thwart other teams or, you know, that sort of thing that that's not what was going on here. Um, from my understanding, uh, the crafts love Mayo and I can tell you, and, and, you know, let's backtrack a little bit. Cause I just want to say like, you know, for all the people out there who thought, Um, some of my commentary about Belichick's future here and how it wasn't assured. And, you know, look, they ended up going two and five down the stretch instead of 0 and 7. A lot of the focus was on the Cardinals game um, because the thought around the building was things were so precarious at that point with the team that if they lost that game, 0 and 7 was really 0 and 7 and losing the team completely was on the table at that point in time. But credit to the Patriots, they won that game. They won the Dolphins game. We don't need to get into style points or who the quarterbacks were or anything like that. The fact of the matter is, they finished two and five and went eight and nine. And I also reported that going into the the final meeting for Kraft and Belichick, Belichick's future was, uh, I would say, not assured. You know, depending on his attitude and and you know how accommodating he was, like you know that's from rock solid ownership sources that it was, I mean, nobody's saying like, oh, you know, he, he was, he was on his way to being pushed out, but no, they, you know, all options were on the table was the way it was termed to me. And, and they heard the right things and Bill had the right attitude. We talked about that, um, you know, previously. And I think that, you know, if, for those who were out there with the illusion that Bill Belichick uh, can do whatever he wants after what he's done here for 20 plus years in the six Super Bowl titles. I think this tells you that is not correct, that this is the, this is the crafts, you know, flexing their muscle following up on the, the letter yeah. to season ticket holders that says we're, we're going to be vigilant about this. We're going to make critical decisions about football operations. You know, I think Bill ceded some of his personnel uh, power Previous to this, I think this is now him ceding some of his coaching control, uh, control over his coaches and other things. And so I just wanted to say that as far as Mayo, my understanding was, look, he was he, he was he was fed up and ready to go. Um, he, he was very much wanted to get out and which we talked about would have been a terrible look for the Patriots. There's no reason for Gerard Mayo to go and take basically a lateral position or be a defense coordinator slash pay, play caller somewhere else where he could have that opportunity here. And I know the crafts think very much of Gerard and not that Belichick doesn't. I think he does, but I, I think this is, this is very similar to the Josh McDaniel situation with the Colts where Bill's kind of pitter-pattering his feet, doing his bill type of stuff, but the crafts get involved and, and bring a sense of urgency to things and bring people together, and be like, look, this is what you need, this is what you need, this is what we need, let's let's figure something out. And I think this is the crafts, you know, stepping in and making sure that they they are starting to retain the best possible people. Cause remember when McDaniels was going to go, there was no in-house guy ready to go. There wasn't even this time, you know, let alone years prior. And I think the way the crafts look at it, um, especially in terms of just the head coaching position, like, because remember that was a tenuous time in the whole Brady Belichick dynamic and no one internally was sure how things were going to go. Like Bill could have left. Tom could have left, you know, where were the crafts going to come down were they going to say no we want brady and then bill says he wants to leave they, they just wanted to make sure they had an in-house option in case anything happens well now gerard mayo is that in-house option that if for whatever reason whether it's performance health related bill retires whatever the crafts just didn't want to leave themselves like you know, the Jets, when Bill Parcells decided to walk away and Belichick decided he didn't want it, and then all of a sudden they're in coaching purgatory. They, they don't want any of that stuff. McDaniels was yeah. the quote-unquote in-house successor to Belichick for a while. That doesn't mean he was the successor, but in terms of if the worst happens, Belichick, uh, McDaniels can step in and be the head coach. That person right. is now Gerard so, Mayo. Someone internally used the word successor to me, I don't think that means he's the definite successor. I think he's a possibility down the line. But if something, say, said, say happens to something to Belichick, you know, season, I think Gerard Mayo would be the interim head coach. And I don't think they, if he left, I don't think there was a person on staff that they felt comfortable with that. So I think that's part of the deal, deal here. As far as Mayo and other jobs, uh, I think it's being reported. I'm not up on the latest reports, but he's basically taking his name out of defensive coordinator um, interviews. Yeah. I think he's yeah, still he said, on the docket. Uh, I'll, ju- I'll jump in. I'll jump in and update people quickly. So
1: if they haven't seen it yes, yeah, see Gerard Mayo has pulled his name from the Browns defensive coordinator uh, interview so that that's been pulled. And it seems like, you know, maybe head coach, he'd be willing to have a conversation, but yeah, I, I think it's now at this point, the DC jobs are out of the mix.
0: Yeah, I think he's still, uh, I think the Panthers, I would be surprised if he doesn't take the, the Panthers head coaching interview. Um, the Cardinals are another possibility. Uh, even if he has no intention of really leaving at this point and he feels assured um, he, he's gotten what he wanted from the Patriots, you never turn down a head coaching interview because you never know what's going to happen and who you're going to be talking to and who they, where they might go and things like that. So and I do think I think Gerard could be a candidate with with the Panthers. I think he could be a candidate with the Cardinals, depending on I think they're going to name the GM first and then go from there. Um, But it's interesting, Nick, I I don't have any inside information on exactly what the Patriots gave to Mayo to assuage him. You know, if I'm him, I'm not staying unless I get to call place because. If somebody else is going to give me that opportunity, aren't I getting closer to being a head coach? You know, who well, that's, knows? But that's, that, that's, that's where things are going. You,
1: I was going to ask you that, you know, as far as the role, because people have thrown out assistant head coach. People have thrown out, oh, well, he'll, he'll now call the plays. I saw maybe associate head coach with co-defensive coordinator title being thrown out there. Uh, So you, you, you haven't heard really anything as far as his specific role moving forward, but I I do wonder, and I think a lot of people are wondering where does this leave Steve Belichick and, and are we going to, I'd imagine since we got the offensive coordinator title in the email, I would have to imagine that Mayo stays. He doesn't get one of those head coaching gigs. He stays. And I I do think it's telling that Gerard uh, okayed this, press release to be sent out this email to be sent out because he is okaying this idea of telling everybody in the NFL that he's about to be extended here in new England. Now maybe he thinks that's a leverage play and maybe that brings urgency to places like Arizona and Carolina. And Mm -hmm. if they're really serious about him, he can now say, Hey, look, I'm about to get extended here and be here long-term. So, you know, crap or get off the pot, so to speak but I, I do think it's telling that he, he allowed that email to be sent. I think it's rather obvious if, if he had it his way, he would, he would rather stay in new England if he's not getting a head coaching gig. So maybe that's just a workaround there. But I, I do think that the, the big question is Steve Belichick and, and what this title is going to be. So I guess we'll have to kind of sit back and, and wait and see uh, how this is described to us and explained to us what Mayo will be doing. Let's jump to the uh, offensive coordinator position in a minute, but first tell the people about athletic greens.
0: Athletic Greens, I started taking them because I wanted to make sure I was getting all my vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for six months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste, a little bit minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Right? This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. It's now part of my daily routine, and I'd be lost without it. I love how it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All
1: right, Greg, what should we expect with
0: this offensive coordinator search and these interviews beginning next week? Uh, it's a great question. I mean, look, this is, this is unchartered territory for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Um, you know, reading the, first of all, in, in accordance to the rooting rule, they have to interview at least two minority candidates. Um, these interviews do not have to be in person, uh, before this announcement happened, Belichick and the rest of the coaches were supposed to be on vacation through the end of next week. Um, most of the coaches were, were gone anyways when this announcement came out. Uh, I would assume Belichick might do some Zoom interviews with people. Um, you know, we, we just don't know, Nick. And I, I, it's, it's nobody has any infor- inside information. Again, this is now going back to it's, it's all Belichick. And I'm, the Crafts are going to be involved. And I'm sure they're going to suggest some candidates for Bill to interview but uh, it really comes down to, and Bill's not going to tell anybody this, like what does he want to do with his offensive system? We've talked about it before, but it's important to note. This goes back to his Cleveland days. Something that Bill f- fundamentally believes is that for the, in the best interest of the team, you cannot be changing playbooks all the time. Um, you have a Patriots offense. Now, they tweak things this year and did things differently is he does he want to keep going in that direction does he look for somebody from the Shanahan tree to do that somebody who actually I don't know knows the offense and can teach it to people um, or <laughs> is he going to go back and say well that was a disaster let's go back to what we did for years and does that bring in more Patriots tree people Bill O'Brien you right. know Nick Cayley. it's interesting that you know and I saw you referenced this on Twitter Nick Cayley's being mentioned for possible offensive coordinator interviews. And it just, it just makes the decision to look at what they, if he's being thought of this, this way outside the building, first of all, somebody is telling him that like somebody is giving Nick, Hey, you need to talk to Nick Cayley. Somebody like Josh McDaniels and other guys in Vegas who have worked with Nick are saying like, this guy's really smart. He's really good. You should talk to him which makes this craft show look even worse from the past year because they had the guy in house. And for whatever reason, dicking around with titles and money and stuff like that, they just didn't promote him, which was just asinine. Um, so do they want to, do they, do they think, do they think that they want to stay with how they've always done things? And that would limit the pool again. Are, are there candidates, like a Cliff Kingsbury, who could meld the two a little bit better. Here's what I think, Nick. I, I think the priority, first of all, they need to, they need to answer a couple questions. Um, they need to answer how, how much are they convinced on Mac Jones? Is he the guy for next year? And you don't have to make a decision on him long term. But as far as next year, if, are you saying – all right, we really did Mac wrong this year and the rest of the offense, that was obvious. Let's give them the best shot this season. And what's, what's the best shot for them? What's the, best thing, what's the best thing for Mac Jones or that type of quarterback? To me, that's the old Patriots system. Um, if you're not wedded to it, maybe you go in a different direction and say, we'll see if Mac can do this, but this is the direction uh, we want to go. And then I think the other main thing if I'm Belichick is he has to find somebody and these guys are rare. They're not easy to find. You have to some find someone who can coach the quarterback and that because anything else in the NFL, it doesn't matter. I don't care what you have on defense or special teams or whatever. If you can't get the quarterback playing well, and that means you need to teach them the fundamentals, the reads, the, 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 the minutia of playing quarterback. If you can't te- if you don't have a guy on staff that can do that, the rest doesn't really matter. So, you know, answering those main questions will sort of lead you in a general direction. But as far as what I, what I think they're going to do, who the hell knows? I mean, it's really up to Belichick and he's got a, he's got a bunch of questions he needs to answer first before he even gets into, you know, who am I going to talk to for this?
1: Right. When we look at Bill O'Brien, cause he's the, he's the name on everybody's list, right? That it's the top. Um, it, when we look at O'Brien, this idea of Gerard Mayo being the possible successor, would that impact O'Brien's thought process? If, if O'Brien's thinking, yeah, I'll go back to new England. If I have a chance to take over the program eventually, would that have any impact or O'Brien would just more look at it? Like, nah, I'm getting back into the NFL. I'm going to be the offensive coordinator. And it doesn't really matter if it's New England or somewhere else. Getting back into the NFL gives me the inside track of getting a head coaching job again.
0: Yeah, I think that's um, a, a little bit, you know, and I've heard other people bring this up. I think, it, you know, I understand um, the question. And I do think, look, I, I, I even think before this press, co- uh, press release came out, from what I heard about O'Brien, and I have not talked to him about this, just to let people know, um, that he wasn't exactly keen on the Patriots, what was going on. I mean, because, and maybe things have changed because I think my guess is he's looking for clarity in terms of how much autonomy he's going to have. Can he run his offense? Can he do what he wants to do? um, That sort of thing. And, uh, you know, before this came out, Maybe he was dubious about that. I don't know. But the 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 last I heard before the press release was that he wasn't super excited about coming back here the way the Patriots um, were formed. But I think, look, if, if you're Bill O'Brien, if you feel better, if Bill says like, look, I'm going to give you autonomy, just like Josh had, blah, 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 you know. Things can change so rapidly. Like Mayo could be in the same position as, you know, Josh McDaniels got off the plane in the Colts and then he was interviewing for jobs and wanted to leave like within two years. That could be Mayo too. Mayo could, if Bill's going to be here for another three years, if somebody offers Gerard Mayo a, a, a head coaching job, whether it's this year or next year, he's going to take it because, especially for defensive yeah. coaches, those things don't grow on trees. So I think for O'Brien, he wouldn't really care, you but also look at Josh's path where it's like, all right, fine. You know, maybe I'm not getting the head coaching job here, but look at my resume. Look what I did in Houston. And there were a lot of good things there that he did in Houston, Alabama, Penn State. If he does a good job, if he resurrects Mac Jones in this offense, that makes him even more attractive. And, you know, who knows what happens from there.
1: What does this mean for Matt, Patricia, and, and Joe Judge as well? Because obviously, if Mayo stays, you've got Steve. Steve will be involved somehow, whatever his role is and title is. You've got Mayo and Steve on the defensive side. You've already come out and said Patricia's not the guy as the OC. We're going to start interviewing people to replace him. Where does this leave those two gentlemen?
0: Uh, I think that I think they'll always be here. I think they'll always have. Um a job with bill. Um, uh, there are people around the team that certainly have an opinion on that on, on whether they should or, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave that alone, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think they're going to be here. I think they will be reassigned. Could Matt Patricia, I think a lot of it will depend on the offensive coordinator. Like if they bring in some Shanahan type guy, um, you know, maybe they want the guy who's going to teach more of their offensive line techniques. But if I had a guess right now, I think that Matt Patricia is in a supervisory role would be considered for the offensive line coach. I think, I do think he's a good positional coach. I think that he would do a fine job at just offensive line. If he was given that him and Billy Yates together, I think could figure it out. I think that Joe judge will go to special teams. I think Acord may be, you know, reassigned or assistant special teams coach. And if he doesn't like it, then go find something else. Uh, but I think that's where it leaves those guys. Love it. Fine with it.
1: If, if Patricia goes to the offensive line and focuses his energy there, I'm fine with it. If he goes upstairs with some consultant, you know, role or whatever the hell we'd call it uh, fine with it. Get him away from offense. Get him away from the play calling, at least. Uh, you know, to me, this is again, this is a really positive step. And I don't want to go overboard. Let's see how this process plays out. But if you're telling me at the end of the day, you've got Mayo Stang with a little bit more stroke and power within the organization. You've got Patricia away from the OC title and and the play calling duties, and he's doing O line or he's upstairs and you've got Joe Judge going to special teams and getting rid of Acord or reassigning him, as you put it, fine with it. Um, I think it, it, it again, comes down to who they hire as OC or they promote Kaylee, whatever happens. And, you know, the Jets were the team that was mentioned. I think Robert Sala is a pretty smart guy. So if Robert Sala has heard some solid things about Kaylee and he's going to talk to him about the OC gig, I do think that gives legitimacy to Nick Kaylee as the possibility here but we'll see how it plays out all I could say is you know looking at it and and how this offseason has begun within the first few days some positive
0: vibes let's see if they follow through um before I mean I I, just on that Nick just just real quick I just want to say I I agree I mean I think this is if you were if you were fearful that the season wasn't going to change bill or the team at all and they were just going to play out the string with belichick this this says no and this says that the 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 crafts are being diligent that they're saying like this hasn't been good enough three years straight without a what is it four years straight without a playoff victory two losing seasons in three years booze raining down at gillette um the crafts hear you they are on it and they are just not going to, this is not playing out the string. They are going to be proactive about making sure that Belichick uh, is his best version of himself uh, going forward.
1: That's what the fans want, but it's not just yep. only, you know, I don't want to paint it as the crafts giving into the fans. I don't want to do that. Yeah. This is the crafts as I said, looking at the operation and saying this hasn't gone well. And Robert Kraft is a very smart businessman uh, he he understands the situation and look, he's not, I don't think he's trying to meddle like Jerry Jones, but things are screwed up here with, with his, with his franchise. And he's the dude that ultimately is in control and responsible for what happens. And so I do think it was time for him to step in and say, Bill, we've got to change how we're approaching this because it's just not working, man. Like, I appreciate you. And I love what you've done but it's time to change some of this shit. And so I appreciate the fact that, that RKK has done that. And I do think he's one of the best owners in sports. And and I think, you know, he's stepping up to make sure the operation is now going to move forward in the right manner and fashion. All right, quickly all pro AP voting has been released. Marcus Jones, first team, special teamer. Uh, He gets the, uh, he gets the first team nod. Love it, Greg. I'm I'm
0: sure that you don't have much beef with that, do you? (laughs) No, but I just think it's it was actually a punt returner. And I think, you know, in today's day and age, like uh, that and kick returner, look, Gunnar Olszewski was first team all pro punt returner. So I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. You know, when it was third at right guard, I thought that was legit. Judon was sixth on edge, which just left him out. Uh you know, he was right behind Max Crosby, who you and I both think like he at least should have been second team all pro. I mean, yeah, what Hassan Redick. That? What are I know Hassan Redick. <laughs> like, really? Like, what are we talking about here? And like, I did think I was like, you know, it's not fair that Micah Parsons is is an edge considered an edge rusher. But then I looked at the snaps and most of them, most of them have been on a D line. So I don't have any complaint there, I guess. It would be nice if he was more of a linebacker and left a little bit more of edge. Uh, some Patriots fans will say Duggar was robbed. He was tied for 12th at safety. I think that's accurate. And, you know, he had he had more issues in this past game. I mean, people remember the big plays, and those are great, and it was a great play. Uh, his interception against the Dolphins, that was awesome. But, like, people also forget all the touchdowns and big plays that he's given up. I mean, remember the first Dolphins game, the fourth down, when he missed the tackle? And – you know, went for a forty-yard touchdown before halftime. Uh, you know, so people forget that McCourty got a vote. Slater was fifth for special teams. Schooler received a vote also for special teams. Um, I I thought all of that was pretty accurate in terms of the Patriots. Yeah, not much beef from me. All right, before we get to uh, this weekend's games,
1: Greg will tell you all about our friends at Bet Online.
0: Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL playoffs, you gotta get in on that this weekend. There there are some pretty easy picks, which we'll get into this 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 time. Esports and soccer. Plus, you have the NBA, NHL, all that good stuff. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts.
1: Let's run through these quickly. Niners, Seahawks, first game of the weekend tomorrow afternoon. Niners minus nine and a half, Greg.
0: Uh, I, I, uh, I like the 49ers to cover in this game. I do think it's, it's wet out there in California, which will help oh the Seahawks, <laughs> um, But I, which I guess you would know a lot more than me. Uh, but I, I just think the 49ers are, are too good at this point. It's rained 95, 98% of the time the last month.
1: Wow. It's raining again today. It's been nonstop rain and wind nonstop. It's, it's been crazy. Uh, I'll go with the Niners. I do think this could be maybe a tighter game than expected yep. to start out because of the weather, but look, the Niners will be able to run the football. The Seahawks run defense is terrible. The, the first two games this year. Kenneth Walker has run for less than like 60 yards combined in those games. If if Walker can't get going, I don't think the Seahawks offense has much of a shot, especially in the weather. So I'll go Niners chargers minus two and a half at the Jaguars. And by the way, Mike Williams, good job, Brandon Staley. Way to play <laughs> your guys in a meaningless game and cost Mike Williams. Mike Williams is out. Uh, and then he doubles down. Staley does and says, oh, I, I don't have a problem with how I handle things. Way to take accountability. Uh, chargers minus two and a half against the Jags.
0: Yeah, I can't believe they're they're favored there. And especially now, though, with Mike Williams, they're a different offense when Mike Williams is out there. When he's not out there, they're very average. I think the Jaguars can pound away at the Chargers in the running game uh, with their running backs, but also Trevor Lawrence. Um, I like the Jaguars in this game. Yeah, I kind of do, too. Yeah. Um even though I love Herbert, but I agree with you, man. Mike Williams
1: is just, he is a huge absence within this offense. This offense is just different with him. Austin Eckler's a headache. He will be a headache. Uh, Keenan Allen's had a down year due to injury, but I like the Jags at home as well. Bills minus 13 and a half
0: against Miami. Uh, I like the bills. I don't know if they'll cover, uh, because I do think the dolphins have the ability to run the ball. If they go straight, sort of, pound the ball, run action with Skylar Thompson, take a couple shots. I think they can hang around a little bit, but I mean, Skylar freaking Thompson, are you kidding me? Uh, you know, and probably DeMar Hamlin will probably walk out on the field. I mean, good luck to the dolphins. It's just so difficult. That's a huge number, but I
1: just, I haven't seen enough of Skylar Thompson to even with 13 and a half to take the dolphins in this game on the road so I'll go with the Bills as well, even though it's a huge number. Vikings minus
0: three against the Giants. Giants will be spunky, and they'll have some things for the Vikings. But I think this is, I think the cardiac kids and the Vikings find a way. Again, I mean, even if they're down, they just have the ability to come back. And, and Justin Jefferson, I, I just don't think the, the Giants have enough to match up with him.
1: Bengals minus eight and a half against the Ravens. And I'll agree with
0: Greg on the last one. Uh, Bengals minus eight and a half versus Baltimore. I love the Bengals. No Lamar Jackson. Um, No chance. I mean, the the Bengals are basically the Bengals are as good as they want to be. Sometimes they lose interest like in the Patriots game in the second half. But they have the ability to freaking steamroll a, a lot of teams and including the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens have a good defense. They know each other. It's a tough division game you know, it, it could be a little bit tighter than that, uh, than the eight and a half, but you know, I just think the Bengals are too good at the end of the day.
1: I'll go with the Ravens with the points. I think the Bengals win the game. Cowboys minus two and a half at
0: Tampa. I'm going with Tommy. I, uh, you know, I, I, it's looked ugly at times. It'll look ugly in this game. I don't think Dak is playing very well. I think he'll turn the ball over. I think the Tampa defense will turn it up in this game. They kind of turn it off and turn it on. I think they will turn it up in this game. And I think Tommy will make enough plays and the Cowboys will stay winless in the postseason.
1: Yeah, I've got Tommy at home. All right, let's jump to the uh, BSJ member question of the day. thirty nine ninety nine on the annual plan, all the great
0: coverage they give to you. What do you got, Greg? Yeah, real quick, somebody was asking me, a couple people in my BSJ member chat about the report from Chris Sims that Mac was going behind the Patriots back to call people yeah. and looking yeah. for ideas and that rubbed Belichick the wrong way. Um, you know, my thought first of all, um, it's no secret that a lot of guys on the Patriots were talking out of school about what was going on with the the offense. I mean you could find a clip of me on NBC Sports Boston from May saying that people are alarmed with what's going on in the offense. So (laughs) that was going on throughout Mac Jones asking people for ideas. First of all, I don't even know why that's such a bad thing. I mean, to me, it sounds like the quarterback was trying to find a way for the team to get better and was like looking, you know, asking people who actually know something about offense as opposed to his coaches. So, but did Bill like Mac talking out of school and he wasn't the only person? Let me tell you that. Um, no. And did it bother him? Yeah. But at the end of the day, Belichick's smart. He knows he screwed the pooch. He knows he screwed Mac Jones and these guys. And he, he, he gave them a bit of a pass. And so um, I don't think things are bad between Belichick and Mac Jones. I think they're just looking for a fresh start. And I think they have the ability to do that uh, with this offensive coordinator search. A fresh start. It felt like
1: a fresh start this week. It was a positive, positive first step for this organization. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a very newsworthy offseason that we should have fun with. He's Greg. I'm Nick. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks to Athletic Greens and Bet Online. Until then, be well, be healthy, and be safe.